You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 200. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back and happy 200th episode of the Earn That Body podcast. I cannot believe it's been 200 episodes. I absolutely love doing the podcast. As I always tell people, it will never have ads and I I don't have sponsors and all that kind of commercials during my podcast because honestly, this podcast is something that I wanted to start because I wanted to spread and pay health forward, meaning I want to reach as many people as I can to show them how to eat healthy, how to sustain weight loss in a healthy way, how to get healthy in our mind and our body. And in order to do that, the podcast was such a perfect tool because I am reaching thousands of people every single week and I don't want to profit from it. That's actually not the point of the podcast. The point of the podcast is this is how I bring back to the community health, fitness, nutrition, information for everyone. So Thank you for being a follower, being a listener. I hope you've subscribed and I continue to to be excited about the next 200 podcast episodes. I have to say the feedback is incredible. I have so many people who message me on Instagram and say, oh, I loved that episode. I love your podcast. Um, I love your message. All of those things mean so much to me. So please just help spread the word about the Earn That Body podcast, uh, share episodes online, and that will just enable us to reach even more people. So thank you. I'm excited. Here is the 200th episode. Today, we're actually going to be talking about thyroid disease. I have been promising this podcast for quite a while because I, in fact, did have a thyroid issue about six months ago. And I have a ton of clients who have thyroid disease. And it's very important that we talk about it in a podcast episode like this, especially for women, because the thyroid does play such an important role in our health and our hormones. Your thyroid produces something called the thyroid hormone, and that controls so many activities in the body, including how fast you burn calories, how fast your heart beats, and diseases of the thyroid cause it to make either too much or too little of the thyroid hormone. And depending on how much or how little that you have, you may often feel restless, you might feel tired, you might be gaining weight, you might be losing weight, And women are more likely than men to have thyroid diseases, and that can often play a role right after pregnancy and even after menopause. That can be a time when thyroid disease sort of pops up. So I think it's really important that we go through and just discuss what the different diseases are that can happen to the thyroid and talk about some of the symptoms just in case that might resonate with you and you might need to go and get checked by the doctor Because again, the thyroid does play such a crucial role in our health, and it's for men and women. So men have thyroid disease too. It just tends to be a little more common 
for women. So we're going to talk about all of that and what I went through with my thyroid because there were some great learning lessons for what happened to me as well. So all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, this article certainly caught my eye in Idea Fitness Journal, and it says, are your kitchen towels buggy? Wash, dry, rinse, repeat, and often. So they're talking about your kitchen dish towels. A potential danger lurking in kitchens could put us at risk for food poisoning. Household kitchen towels can expose people to dangerous pathogens, including E. coli and staph, according to research presented at the June 2018 annual meeting of American Society for Microbiology. Towels destined for multiple purposes, such as drying hands and wiping utensils, were found to have a higher bacterial count than single-use towels. Moreover, towels in kitchens where more family members gather and meat is prepared were also more likely to be infested with greater numbers of microbes. It comes down to multiple-use towels increasing the chance of cross-contamination. Reusable kitchen cloths should be changed and laundered frequently and should ideally be designated for a single purpose. For example, have one towel for cleaning work surfaces, another towel for drying pots, and also make sure kitchen towels dry thoroughly between uses since moist towels are a breeding ground for bacteria. Ah, I have to tell you, I'm totally going to do this now. I'm totally gonna designate towels for different things. And so like maybe one towel will hang on the oven that's for my pots and one can hang on the uh, dishwasher for hands. And then I think I'm gonna wash all of those daily (laughs) because now I'm totally grossed out, but I could see how that could totally happen. I definitely would be someone at fault for having wet towels that maybe stay around too long. So I hope that that shed some insight for you. That sort of uh, definitely piqued my interest. Okay, back to thyroid. Thyroid disorders, we're gonna talk about some common thyroid disorders and then I wanna tell you a very specific story about what happened to me because it is a great learning lesson that a lot of people need to hear, what what I had to go through and what I went and experienced just about five or six months ago. So in case you don't know the thyroid or where it is or what it is, the thyroid is a small butterfly-shaped gland and it's located basically at the base of your neck, sort of just below the Adam's apple. And it's a part of a very intricate network of glands called the endocrine system. And the endocrine system is responsible for coordinating so many body activities, all right? And the thyroid gland manufactures hormones that regulate your body's metabolism. So you can see how important the thyroid is for a trainer and a coach like myself who helps people lose weight. Because often I have a client who we just cannot get their weight to budge. And if I have tried all my tricks and nothing has worked, I always ask them, have you had your blood work done and has your thyroid been tested lately? And very, very often when they go get it checked after that, there is something off with their thyroid. And it doesn't matter what we do for weight loss. If your thyroid is not functioning correctly, 
there's nothing I can do to help the weight loss because the hormone imbalance is so very strong that they need to get that regulated before you can then work on weight loss. So the thyroid gland is so directly uh, hand in hand, like I guess you could say, with metabolism. Now, several different disorders can arise when your thyroid produces too much hormone. So if you have too much thyroid hormone, you have something called hyperthyroidism or not enough, which is hypothyroidism. And there's four common disorders of the thyroid uh, that we're going to talk about. Um, Hashimoto's disease, Graves' disease, you could have a goiter or thyroid nodules. So just real quickly, um, we're not going to go into super detail on each one, but In hyperthyroidism, the thyroid gland is basically overactive. It is producing too much of its hormone, and the hyperthyroidism affects about 1% of women. It's a lot less common in men. Graves' disease is the most common cause of hyperthyroidism, and it affects about 70% of people that have the overactive thyroid. Nodules on the thyroid, a condition called toxic nodular goiter, can also cause the gland to overproduce these hormones and cause hyperthyroidism. Now, excessive thyroid hormone production can lead to symptoms like this. Uh, You might always feel restless. You might feel nervous. You have a racing heartbeat all the time. You might be very irritable. You could have an increase in sweating. You might notice that your hands are shaking all the time. There's a lot of anxiety, trouble sleeping. You might notice a change in your skin. It becomes a little bit thinner. Your hair can get brittle. Your nails can get brittle. You might feel muscle weakness you might see weight loss. So it's sort of sad, but some people call it the the good thyroid problem because they see weight loss versus weight gain. Um, And some people with Graves' disease, especially if it's extreme, will get bulging eyes. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody who has that, but their eyes are really like bulging outward. And that's actually a symptom and a sign of Graves' disease. Now, how can you diagnose this? How can you treat it? A blood test is what measures the level of thyroid hormone and thyroid stimulating hormone called TSH in your blood. And the pituitary gland releases this TSH and that's what stimulates the thyroid to produce the T3 and the T4, which are your thyroid hormones. So high thyroxine and low TSH levels, that indicates that your thyroid gland is overactive okay so your tsh levels like i said is that thyroid stimulating hormone if that is very low then it's basically not controlling or it's 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 not it's making too much i guess you could say of the thyroxine the thyroid hormone so this is when you have an overactive thyroid gland that is considered hyper thyroidism. And your doctor might give you, um, they might, they're going to definitely start with a blood test. They might even do a radioactive iodine uh, test by mouth or as an injection. And then they measure how much of your thyroid gland is taking up that iodine. 
your thyroid takes in iodine to produce its hormones. It actually uses that. And taking in a lot of radioactive iodine is a sign that your thyroid is overactive. And the low level of radioactivity resolves quickly. It's not dangerous. I actually had to do that test um, during my thyroid issues. So treatments for hyperthyroidism, can there's a couple different things that they can do. Uh, they can destroy the thyroid gland, basically, to, to prevent it from making so much thyroid hormone, or they can block it from producing the hormones. So there's things like an antithyroid drug, um, large dose of radioactive iodine is sometimes used to damage the thyroid gland. And then they even sometimes have to do surgery to remove the thyroid gland or sometimes part of the thyroid gland. So those are the different things that can be done if you have some type of extreme hyperthyroidism that is not going to go away. Now hypothyroidism, it's the opposite. That's when the thyroid gland is very underactive and it can't produce enough of the thyroid hormones. So hypothyroidism is often caused by what the disease is that you'll hear is Hashimoto's disease. Um, it could be caused by Hashimoto's. It could be caused by surgery to remove the thyroid gland. So say you did have surgery to remove the thyroid gland to help hyperthyroidism. Well, then that could turn into hypothyroidism. Or if you have damage from radiation treatment to your thyroid, that also can then become a hypothyroidism disorder. Now, in the United States, hypothyroidism affects around 4.6% of people 12 years old and older. Uh, most cases are quite mild, just so you know. Now, too little Thyroid hormone production leads to these symptoms. They're sort of exact opposite of hyperthyroidism. You, instead of feeling restless, you generally feel fatigue. You could have dry skin, at sensitivity to cold, memory problems, constipation is quite common with hypothyroidism. Depression, unfortunately, this is the one that has the weight gain. You might feel weakness, a slow heart rate, or God forbid, totally extreme coma is actually a symptom as well. Now, how do you diagnose and treat hypothyroidism? Your doctor's gonna do those blood tests to measure your TSH and your thyroid hormone levels. In this situation, a high TSH level, that's your thyroid stimulating hormone, when that's high, then the low thyroxine level could mean that the thyroid is underactive. And these levels could also indicate that your pituitary gland is releasing more TSH because it's trying to stimulate the thyroid gland to make more of this hormone. And the main treatment for hypothyroidism is actually to take thyroid hormone pills because you basically are very low on the thyroid hormone. It's important to get the doses right because making too much thyroid hormone hormone, what's that going to do? It's going to cause hyperthyroidism at that point. And honestly, getting that balance of the thyroid hormone right, it's tough. I've talked to many doctors at this point in my experience, and it can take some time to get the doses right. So you definitely have to be patient and you have to keep going back to get your blood work done and Gotta get it done yearly as well to make sure that the thyroid levels are finally where they need to be. 
Now, Hashimoto's disease is also known as a chronic lymphocytic thyroiditis, and it's the most common cause of hypothyroidism in the United States. It affects about 14 million Americans, and it can actually occur at any age, but it is most common in middle-aged women. The disease occurs when the body's immune system mistakenly attacks and slowly destroys the thyroid gland and its ability to produce the hormones. So it is a disease and it, it is something that unfortunately you can't really prevent. It's just something that your body and your genetics has. So some people with really mild cases of Hashimoto's disease, they might have no obvious symptoms at all. The disease can remain stable for years and often the symptoms are so subtle you barely can even feel anything. They're also not specific, which means that they, sometimes these, simics, these symptoms do mimic other conditions, right? Um, the fatigue, the depression, the constipation, mild weight gain. I mean, that could actually be due to so many things, but definitely those are symptoms of Hashimoto's. Testing the level of TSH is often the first step when they are screening for any type of thyroid disorder, and your doctor might order blood tests to check for increased levels of TSH as well as those low levels of your T3 and your T4, those are your thyroid hormones, if you are experiencing any of those types of hypothyroidism symptoms. Now, Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disorder, so the blood test can also show abnormal antibodies that might be attacking the thyroid. Now, unfortunately, there is no known cure for Hashimoto's disease. Hormone replacing medication is often used to raise the thyroid hormone levels or at least lower the TSH levels, and it can also help relieve a lot of the symptoms that people get with that disease. But there is no known cure, and really it is this autoimmune disorder. So like I said, it's not something that you catch from someone. Um, it's just something that you genetically will have. Um, Graves' disease, as we said, is what you would have a marker for. It is also an autoimmune disease, and that is when you would have hyperthyroidism. So Graves' disease is hyperthyroidism. Hashimoto's disease is hypothyroidism, or causes those, I should say. So what's a goiter? A goiter is a non-cancerous enlargement of the thyroid gland. It's the most common cause, or I should say the most common cause of a goiter is iodine deficiency in the diet. And researchers estimate that goiters affect 200 million to 800 million people who are iodine deficient worldwide. Conversely though, the goiter is often caused by and a symptom of hyperthyroidism in the United States where iodized salt provides plenty of iodine. So we don't really have that iodine deficiency here. Goiters can affect anyone at any age, especially in areas of the world where, like I said, foods rich in iodine are in short supply. However, goiters are more common after the age of 40 and in women who are more likely to have those thyroid disorders. Unfortunately, the thyroid disorders definitely impact women more than men, but it does impact men too. Other risk factors include family medical history, certain medication usage, pregnancy, and even radiation exposure. 
there might not be any symptoms. If you have a goiter, you might not have any symptoms at all. There could be swelling or tightness in your neck. You might have difficulty breathing or swallowing. You might have coughing or wheezing or hoarseness of voice. If you um, get your yearly checkup, which I hope you all do, um, the ladies, if you go to your OBGYN or even any um, practitioner every year, one of the things that they should be doing and, and pretty much always do for me is they, they check your thyroid. And how they do that is they come around and they start palpating at the base of your neck. And they're checking to see if there's any swelling, any goiters, anything unusual about the thyroid gland that they can actually palpate. Um, and sometimes uh, they can feel a goiter. It just depends really how big something like that might be. So like I said, your doctor, it's gonna feel your neck, they're gonna have you swallow, they're gonna ask you if you have any trouble with swallowing, things like that. A goiter is usually treated only when it becomes severe enough to cause actual symptoms. You can take small doses of iodine if the, go if the goiter is actually from an iodine deficiency, which again, here in the United States, that's not very common. Radioactive iodine can shrink the thyroid gland and surgery can remove all or part of the gland as well. So sometimes that is needed. And then there's thyroid nodules. A thyroid nodule is basically a growth that forms on or in the thyroid gland. About 1% of men and 5% of women living in iodine deficient countries have a thyroid nodule that can be as, it can be actually large enough that you can palpate it. About 50% of people will have nodules that are so small that you could never just feel them from the outside of your neck. The causes aren't always known why people get these thyroid nodules. Uh, it can include, like I said, the iodine deficiency, uh, Hashimoto's disease as well. The nodules could be solid, they can be fluid filled. Most of them are actually benign, meaning they're fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not malignant, but they can also be cancerous in a small percentage of cases. And as with other thyroid related problems, nodules are more common in women than men. And the risk in both sexes, it increases with age. So it's constantly seems to be the case that thyroid issues definitely are gonna be seen more and more potentially as you age. So most thyroid nodules don't cause any symptoms, but if they grow large enough, they can cause swelling in your neck, they can lead to breathing issues, swallowing difficulties, pain, and it can become a goiter issue as well. So some nodules produce thyroid hormone causing really high levels in the bloodstream, and when this happens, you're gonna get those hyperthyroidism symptoms. On the other hand, symptoms um, can also be like hypothyroidism. So you can get one or the other. Most nodules are detected during a normal physical exam. They also can be detected through an ultrasound, a CT scan. Sometimes they have to do an MRI. And once a nodule is detected, other procedures like the thyroid stimulating hormone test and a thyroid scan are gonna be done to check for hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism. They can do a fine needle aspiration biopsy and that's to take sample cells from the nodule to determine if it is in fact cancerous. 
If it is cancerous, they might have to remove part of or the entire thyroid. So that does happen. Um, my mom actually had a cancerous thyroid. They removed her thyroid. It happened to her right after she had her first baby. So again, pregnancy sometimes stimulates some of these problems. So because she doesn't have a thyroid, guess what you have to do? You have to take medication, which is thyroid hormone because now your body doesn't produce it on its own. So she takes a thyroid hormone by pill form since her body doesn't make it. Now those are the main things that can happen with your thyroid. Those are the main things you probably hear about. Your friend probably has Hashimoto's disease. You might have it, someone in your family. Um, Hyperthyroidism, you don't see it as often, but you may have heard of it, you may have friends with it, um, you might have it, so it definitely does happen. So what happened to me? (laughs) My, My thyroid issue was a huge shock. About five or six months ago, I went to get my yearly checkup at my OBGYN. Every year I go, everybody should, always. And my OBGYN does my yearly blood work, which is fantastic. Everyone, I think at the age of 40 and up should be getting blood work done every single year. If nothing else, you need this blood work as baseline numbers so you always know what your normal once was. Well, when I went to my yearly exam, she had me do my blood work and I was scheduled to have hip surgery to fix a labral hip tear two weeks after that. And about a week after my blood work, I get a call from the doctor's office and the doctor says, your thyroid levels are off the charts. You need to see an endocrinologist immediately. Now I'm thinking to myself, I feel 100% normal. What are they talking about? Um, If they're so off the charts, wouldn't I have symptoms? Wouldn't I feel something? So I immediately had them send me the blood work and I went on to Dr. Google like you're not supposed to do. And I looked everything up because I didn't really have a very strong understanding of what the thyroid did and how the thyroid worked and what did my numbers mean and really how off were they? Were they just a little off? Well, my numbers were like way off. Like I basically had like 0.001, you know, amount of, I think it was the TSH. Like the numbers were off the charts and they said, look, you got to go see an endocrinologist immediately because there's something called thyroid storm that can happen if your numbers are this off track where you could basically die. I was like, what? Like you could basically go into shock and die at any minute. You need to see the endocrinologist. So of course now I'm sort of freaking out. So I go and I see the endocrinologist and I I knew one thing for sure. I had no symptoms. And the other thing I knew was that a week before I had this blood work done, I had been extremely ill. One night, I was so sick, I vomiting, diarrhea, coming out both ends, high fever, probably the sickest I've ever been in my life. You know, the kind where you're like rolling on the bathroom floor and you can't get up. One week before my blood work, this happened to me. And I thought to myself, is it possible that that could have impacted my blood work? So I'm really glad that I had that in my head again it was like the sickest i'd ever been but it was 24 hours like once that 24 hours was done i was i don't want to say i was fine it took me like a week to really gain that strength back so i told the endocrinologist 
could this have anything to do with being very sick? And she said, well, how sick were you? I said, I mean, I, this is the sickest I've ever been in my life. Like, borderline take me to the hospital. You know, it was pretty bad. And she said, actually, yeah, that can affect your thyroid. There's something called thyroiditis. And that is a swelling or an inflammation of the thyroid gland. And it can lead to over or under production of thyroid hormone. And there's actually these different phases of thyroiditis, she was telling me. And so I did all the research on it. And she says, well, I think the first thing we need to do is like, let's do a second blood test. Because I'm like convinced at this point that that's not even my blood work. Like, first of all, it said my cholesterol was better than ever. And I typically have genetically high cholesterol. So now I'm thinking like, that's not even my blood work. I don't have a single symptom. You know, and she said, well, let's just do the blood work over. Like sometimes there's, you know, there are flaws and things. So they do the blood work over and it comes back even worse. <laughs> and which you can't even understand. Like my, it was already so off the charts that it was hard to believe it could come back even worse, but it came back a little bit worse. So she said, okay, something's very wrong. That clearly is your blood work. Now, I wasn't in love with that doctor. I had to take the first doctor I could get immediately, right? Because they told me this is urgent. So, of course, some of the best doctors in Austin, you can't get in immediately, right? So I really like to trust my doctors. I had to go to whoever was open. The woman was lovely, but I didn't have like a great sense of trust. So that's the first lesson I like to teach people. If you don't trust your doctor, you need to get a second opinion. So the first thing I did, even though what she wanted to do was, you know, monitor, uh, do the blood work, get an iodine scan, all that. I said, okay, I'm willing to do all the tests, but I'm not willing to go on hormone medication right now until I understand the situation and trust my doctor. So I went and got a second opinion. I went to one of the top uh, thyroid doctors in Houston and at this point, you have to understand that COVID hit. COVID hit it like the week I found out that my thyroid was off the charts. So now I can't travel to Houston. But it really worked out for the best because at this point, I'd had all the blood work done. I went and got the thyroid scan. I did the iodine test, all that stuff. So I had all the tests done and I could send it to this top-notch doctor in Houston. And we did a televisit. And I tell him about being so sick and he looked at everything, I was severely hyperthyroid at that point, severely. And yet I barely had a symptom. The only symptom I realized that I kind of had, only because I'd sort of read it and then was very conscious of it, was at night when I went to bed, it felt like my whole body was pulsing. And that was that heartbeat feeling. Like you really feel your heartbeat beating very strongly. And that's about it. That was about the only one I had. So anyway, he agreed. He said, I think this is thyroiditis. I think it was caused from the virus that you had. And this is what's going to happen. I want to tell you right now, Kim, this is what's going to happen. You're severely hyperthyroid right now, but you have no symptoms. So I'm not going to put you on any hormones because you're asymptomatic. Let's give it six to eight weeks and then retest your blood. What normally happens in thyroiditis is that you start off very severely hyperthyroidism. And then it's going to switch and you're going to go to hypothyroidism. I was not very happy to hear about that either. Because now, of course, everybody thinks, okay, weight gain. That's all you think about, weight gain. Um, but there's other, you know, serious symptoms that go with hyperthyroidism. And then he said, and then most people 
come back to normal. Not all. Some people stay hypothyroidism, and at that point, we would probably have to treat you with hormones. But some people, or most people, come back to normal. So we went six to eight weeks. At six to eight weeks, we did the blood work. And guess what? I was now hypothyroidism. I'm like textbook. (laughs) But at this point, he says, so tell me, do you have any symptoms? I said, well, I don't have that heartbeat feeling anymore. Um, My heart rate was also extremely high when I worked out with the hyperthyroidism. That was the only other thing that I noticed is that when I would go running, my heart rate was super high, but I was barely doing speed work. So that was that was the only other one. So now once I went hypothyroid, my heart rate came back to normal. I didn't have that sensation of the palpitations through my body. I had a little bit of constipation and all of a sudden, the joy of hypothyroidism is every day, I gained another pound. I gained another pound. I gained another pound, but I was eating the same exact things as I always do. You all know I, I'm a very basic eater and I eat the same things almost all the time. So I started gaining weight. So that wasn't fun and I wasn't happy about it at all. But I, that's what the doctor said. I mean, he said, this is what's going to happen. So at our next appointment, he said, okay, yes, now you're hypothyroidism. Now we have to wait it out. Six to eight weeks. Let's wait another six to eight weeks. We're going to test again and we're going to see where you're at. So I asked him, is there anything I need to change? Do I need to change my diet? Is there anything that I should be taking? Is there anything? He said, well, I'm not going to put you on hormones again because you're asymptomatic. You know, I really had no symptoms. He said, don't believe what you read. You can't change your thyroid issues with the food that you eat. So he said, there's nothing that you have to change in your food. But he did say this. He said, Kim, tell me this. What supplements do you take? And I was so thankful to say, I don't take any. He was so happy to hear that because that was the first and only thing he was going to tell me to do is stop taking all supplements because they will affect your hormones because so many supplements make things too much. It gives you too much vitamin D. It gives you too much calcium. It could give you too. He said, you shouldn't take any supplements. I said, well, I don't believe in supplements. He said, great. But I thought that was very interesting. His biggest concern was stop taking any supplements that will mess with your system. Your body doesn't need that right now. Your body needs healthy, balanced nutrition. I said, well, I got that down. He said, okay, that's all you have to do is just maintain that. He said, don't overdo it with your workouts right now. Like he said, don't don't go run a marathon. So I really did take it down a level. I didn't do any races. I couldn't anyway, COVID started, but the old me would have, you know, picked up a coach and I'll work on my speed during COVID. No. I just went to a lower level workout base, which was totally fine. Again, COVID hit. Um, So to make a very long story short, after six to eight more weeks, we went back. So all of a sudden I noticed my weight was going back down. Oh, I thought I was so happy. Like all of a sudden it was down a pound, it was down a pound, it was down a pound. Again, nothing changed in the food I ate because I still eat the same things all the time. I said, I know and I feel in my body, it's I'm normalizing. And that's another benefit to being super healthy is you can literally feel things in your body. I think if you're super unhealthy, if you're very overweight, it's harder to feel what's going on in your body. So it's another great advantage to being very healthy. I'm very in tune with what's going on. So I could feel my body normalizing. My weight was going down. I wasn't constipated all of a sudden. My heart rate was normal for my workouts. I knew when I got my next blood test that everything was going to be normal. 
And yes, to make a long story short, I got the next blood test and everything was normal. And I talked to the doctor. He said, you're good to go. You had a virus. It attacked your thyroid. It puts you into, you know, a state and it's called thyroiditis. And it's just an inflammation of the thyroid and it happens. And luckily for me, it normalized. Now, what are the takeaways from my situation? One, please, everyone, get your yearly blood work. Had I not gotten that that yearly blood work two weeks before my surgery, I would have gone into surgery with severe hyperthyroidism and they said that that would have been a threat to my life. Um, They canceled my surgery because my blood work was so off, thank God. But oddly enough, they don't do blood work for healthy people that have no symptoms before surgery. So they wouldn't have done the blood work um, before my before my surgery. So luckily they canceled my surgery and luckily I happened to have blood work done two weeks before my surgery. So everybody needs to get yearly blood work. Like I said, if nothing else, just so you have baseline numbers and you never know as we age how much can change and something could be off. The number two lesson for all of us and all of you, always seek a second opinion If you are not sure, if you are not happy, or if you feel like you don't trust the opinion of your doctor, if you are second guessing your doctor at all, like I was on my first one, even though she didn't actually say anything wrong or tell me anything that wasn't true, just something didn't sit right, get a second opinion. Don't accept something that doesn't feel right for you. Then number three, it's very important to do your research. Now, I do always say be very careful of Dr. Google because often we read things that are maybe not true, that don't come from a valid source, that might freak you out. Like you have to sort of do a give and take and really try to get the information from valid sources. So always look for the most (laughs) highest research there is, but be be cautious of any forums where it's just people talking. Oh, this is what I had. This is what happened to me. Be cautious of that. That might scare you uh, quite a bit. The fourth lesson learned, ask your doctor a lot of questions. Tell them all your concerns. I had a very good relationship with this doctor in Houston. I never met him. We only did televisits. It happened to work out perfectly because of COVID. That's all he would do. I didn't even have to drive there because there was nothing for a thyroid that he needed to see. He just needed to see my blood work and um, my iodine scan, kind of stuff like that. But I had a lot of questions because I did my research. I told him, I don't want to go on hormones. Like I was very adamant. I don't ever want to go on hormones. I don't want to be on birth control. I don't want to go on hormone replacement therapy when I go through menopause. I trust my body and I want it to do everything it can naturally. So I had that conversation with him and he was on board because I had no symptoms. Now, that's not always going to be an option for everyone. I get that. If I had stayed hyperthyroid or hypo, I might have had to get on hormones but he was willing to listen to what I needed and what was important to me and I was able to trust him and that is the kind of relationship you need with your doctor and the fifth lesson is always if you can see if the body can resolve a problem on its own not always an option I get that but if you have a relationship with your doctor you did your research you don't really have symptoms and you give your body a chance to recover, 
that is always going to be the best way to heal versus depending on a pill, depending on a surgery, depending on these outside things, hormones, to fix something. First, let the body do it itself. Again, you're not always gonna have that option, and if the doctor told me, no, that's not an option for you, it's not safe, then I would do what the doctor said because I trust my doctor. That's why it's important to trust your doctor, right? So, but for me, that was the case and I wanted to trust my body. It took five months to resolve and now I'm completely 100% back to normal. Never had to take a hormone, never had to do anything but continue balanced, healthy eating. Now, had I not been a healthy person, had I been a poor eater, um, overweight, didn't work out, it's possible that it wouldn't have resolved on its own. Maybe it's possible I would have stayed hypothyroidism and would have had to take hormones. Your body is always going to function at its best when you take care of it. It's another reason you want to be fit, strong, healthy, eat well, don't eat too much sugar. You know, all those things, they help you in these situations when your body is sick, ill, or injured. So that's really the wrap up of the thyroid story of Kim Eagle. And I do think it's really important that you take these symptoms seriously. If you are someone who has that fast heart rate all the time, or the shaky hands, or the anxiety, or you are someone who's been putting on weight, you're depressed, you're constipated, but nothing's changed in your life, it's possible you have hypothyroidism. I'm not saying that's the only thing it could be. It could be many other things, but it could be. And so it just means you wanna make sure you get your yearly exam, your yearly blood work done, and just always to make sure that the hormones are in balance. Because once they're off balance, it's very hard to fix things. You've got to know what's going on. So always see a doctor, always get a proper diagnosis so that you can then take action to work on how to fix it, how to resolve it, how to heal it. That's it. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you don't have a thyroid condition, but if you do, it is worked on, it is common. There are things you can do, there are things you can take, and just know um, that sometimes it's thyroiditis as well, (laughs) so maybe it will resolve itself. That's it, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Thank you for listening to the Earn That Body podcast 200th episode. I can't believe it. I wish I could give you all a car, (laughs) but I can't. So Earn That Body will be back every week to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information that you can put into play right away. Please share the episode today. Share it with anybody who might have a thyroid problem. Help me spread the word about the podcast. Let's reach as many people as we can. And I hope you have a safe and awesome week. Don't forget to wear your mask and don't forget to spread some kindness. Bye-bye, everyone. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.